Hey guys, it's Haley and Mackenzie, and this is Real Talk About Feminism. Yay! Okay, episode four today, you guys. Before we get into that, though, how was your week, Kenz? It was good. I got a new car, so I Ooh. am officially a first-time car buyer and owner. Yes. <laughs> Own it all by myself, all in my name. It's so oh, cute. Oh, really? Jared's yeah. not in the title or anything? No. <laughs> my credit score is better than his, so... Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's exciting. Yeah, we got approved for our apartment, too, so we're moving May 7th, <gasps> which will go by fast. I mean, it's already April 3rd, so oh, a little yeah. over a month, so I'm very excited. Dang, that is so exciting. You guys are going to have, like, so much to pack up. I know. I know you really do accumulate a lot when you get married oh yeah all those wedding gifts and stuff I mean I'm like feeling the struggle of packing because I'm moving the next week Mm -hmm. and I'm already feeling the struggle of packing I don't even have that much stuff I basically just have clothes bathroom stuff and kitchen stuff but I just like want to get rid of all of it because it's just so much and I have to just tote it around I totally get that. I like the idea of living in a suitcase, but I really don't think I could do it in reality. I have too much. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, that's awesome. Congrats on your car. Um, Let's get into episode four today, which is going to be all about gender stereotypes, which is, oh, we can talk a lot about that, especially in our society. We could, we could do Um, like five episodes on it. We really could. There's a lot to talk about. Before we do that, do you want to dive into the feminist highlight? Yeah. So the feminist highlight for this episode is Malala Yousafzai. I hope I got that right. I could do a whole episode on her as well because she is looked at as a world leader and she's a huge inspiration for a lot of people. The way I found out about her is through her autobiography. It's called I Am Malala. And I read that my senior year of high school, it was amazing. It changed my view on so many different things in the world and how much I didn't realize went on in other countries besides America, because I feel like as Americans, it's all just about America sometimes, (laughs) but she is very inspirational. So I'll just kind of get into um, her childhood life and how um, she came to be such an inspiration to a lot of people. Um, So she was born in Pakistan in 1997, and from a very young age, her dad wanted her to have as many opportunities as she could. She had a younger, well, she does have a younger brother, and so he wanted to make sure that they both had equal opportunities, no matter their gender. That was not common back then. It was very much divided with men and women, very specific gender roles. Um, He prioritized education. And he actually ran a girl's school in their village. Hmm. Um, Yeah, very cool. He's one of the people that she's closest to. So I think that kind of propelled her, um, her spark for creating change and being a social leader and speaking out against what's, what's wrong. Um, So she went to the girl's school in the village that was run by her dad She loved school. She loved learning. She still does. She actually uh, began studying at Oxford in 2018, and she recently graduated in 2020. 
and she studied um let me find it she studied philosophy politics and economics and she graduated in two years I think she had some schooling before but that's pretty impressive um so the Taliban took control of her village in January of 2008 so she was still a very young girl part of the Taliban's very, very strict rules were that girls couldn't go to school. So basically her dad still ran the school because he prioritized education. He thought it was important. And the girls that went to the school, they would have to sneak around to even go. And it was very dangerous. Um, So that went on for four years. And Malala's dad Like I said, they're very close. They talked a lot about um, their beliefs and what was right and wrong. And he urged her to speak out and to try and get people on her side to get the Taliban out of their country. Um, So because of that, because she spoke out, she was young still. She was 11 years old, 12 years old, I think. Um, She spoke out. A little bit later, she was riding the bus to go to school and a Taliban member boarded the bus and asked, who's Malala? And she said, I am. And he shot her in the head. So she was rushed to a hospital in England and she spent months recovering. She was put in a medically induced coma. Her injuries were extensive. Luckily, she had no neurological damage, which is a miracle. Um, but it was right then and there in the hospital that she decided to fight for every single girl in the world to go to school and get an education. Um, her and her father established the Malala fund, which according to her website is quote, a charity dedicated to giving every girl an opportunity to achieve a future she chooses. So they do prioritize education, but They also just want women to be able to have freedom to live the life that she wants. Um, She also, like I mentioned in the beginning, she released her autobiography, I Am Malala, in 2013. And then in 2014, she received the Nobel Peace Prize. And then she is still a leader for social change. She is still pushing for gender equality all over the world. And she is an amazing woman. So there's a lot of information about her. I got all my information from um, Malala.org. And I also got some information from a CNN article about her being shot and her recovery. Wow, that's a lot of information there. <laughs> Thank yeah, you I could have gone that. into more detail too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So um, we're going to get into the main topic today, which is gender stereotypes. Um, And before we get into that, I just wanna say that people are raised differently, different cultures have different values. And so some things are more acceptable in one culture than they are in another and more normalized. That doesn't mean it's necessarily right, but there are differences in cultures. And so we don't wanna, put down step on any toes (laughs) yeah we really don't want to do that but there are a lot of gender stereotypes in America that hold people back and so we do want to talk about that yeah we do see that there are other cultures and beautiful cultures that are different than the one we were raised in 
But Mm -hmm. since we both live in America and this is what we see every day in our society, we're going to focus on gender stereotypes in America. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that. Um, So first off, what are gender stereotypes? It's basically just how men and women are expected to act because of their gender. So that's very broad. Um, It's just how society expects you to act based on if you're a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And we both have some unique points of view on this topic because we're both at different stages of life. Um, I am single. I am in college. I mean, we're both in college, but I'm living in a small town. I go to a private Mm -hmm. Christian school. That's my point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I am a married college student, young married college student, and I'm living in Denver. So a little more progressive than where you're living. But Mm -hmm. again, just because you live there doesn't mean you are very right side and conservative. Right. Which there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Nothing wrong with that. We, we respect all opinions, but it's crazy how some people will move to a completely different town for school and then they'll totally adopt like that culture, which you haven't done, but different areas of the country and the world have different viewpoints. Yeah. So that's just kind of how we're starting off because We do have different points of view. So that's interesting. Um, It should make the conversation pretty interesting. Um, So first off, there's a lot of gender stereotypes that we don't even see because it's just so normalized. Um, And we're just gonna discuss some of them. And one of the first ones that I think is really prevalent, especially like in um, like TV shows and like media is Um, how it is the woman's responsibility to take care of the house and take care of the children. So another angle that I have on this stereotype is my in-laws. So my mother-in-law is actually Japanese and she came over to America when she married my father-in-law and he has always been the main financial provider. She worked when um, my husband and his brother were in middle school and high school. Um, But when they were very little, she was the main caretaker. And in Japanese culture, and I think in a lot of Asian cultures and other countries in the world, the wife and the mom, they do everything. Like she's told me stories where her mom would literally wake up at 3 a.m. to make sure all the kids' lunches were packed. The house was clean before her husband left for work. Like it was crazy. I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. It's very different. Um, she doesn't do anything that extreme, but she does wake up early and she makes sure that everyone in the house is taken care of. Um, along with that, (laughs) um, she did all the cleaning. And so sometimes my husband, (laughs) um, has a little motivation, has a little trouble motivating himself to help clean the house. He's gotten a lot better, but like when we were first together and when we were first married, it was a little point of contention sometimes because I felt like I was doing everything and Mm -hmm. he wouldn't even realize because that's how he grew up. Like he just saw his mom do everything. So I mean, it's still hard sometimes, but he is better and he's learned and realized that 
our marriage, we model everything 50%. So it's just an interesting point because I do have like firsthand experience with having a relative that's from another culture. So it's a very interesting one. And I think what you were saying is interesting because at the beginning, how we were talking about like different cultures have different values. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times these stereotypes, like you don't realize them. And so it's not that Jared was expecting you to do everything. It's just, that's what he has seen. And that's what he grew up with. Exactly. And so he wasn't even realizing that that's not how we grew up. And that's not how everyone grows up. And it's not a bad thing that he grew up that way. It's just their culture that not everyone has. Yeah. And it's definitely taught me that I will not, (laughs) I will not do that. Um, And he knows that. So it's not like this big secret thing, but yeah, it's really interesting. How do you think you want to manage your house? Like when you have kids and you get married, like, do you want it to be 50, 50? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I have in my mind, this model that I know I've talked to like people that I've even dated about this. And that's like, not saying that I've been like planning on like marrying them, but it's just like, went talking about values and stuff. No, I know it's important to ask. It is important. And I know that when I get married, and I have kids, I want to stay at home for as long as I want, but the longest would probably be when my kids can go to school, then I want it to be 50-50, I want to work part-time, I want my husband to work mm-hmm. part-time, and the other part-times that we're both not working, we're with the kids, I want it to be very cut in half. Yeah, I am like that too. I don't know if I could stay at home until my kids are in school because that would be what, like four or five. That might change. You know, I don't have kids yet, so I don't know. But I do also recognize that life doesn't always work out that way. Like there's some days where I have to do 100% and Jared's busy with work and other things. And some days it's vice versa. That's an interesting one. And I think you have a really unique perspective on that. So that. That's really cool. Um, Another stereotype that is super prevalent um, is that women are more emotional. And I will just say, I'm super emotional, especially for probably the past month. I don't know why. Um, And so I definitely am fitting this stereotype right now because I, I feel like I cry every day, but it's not necessarily about anything bad. It's like, I'll watch a TikTok And it's about like this baby sea lion who lost his mom and can't find her. And then they get reunited. And I just like start bawling because it's so sad, but then cute. Like, so I I mean, I, I'm, I know that for me, I'm definitely emotional, but not all women are. And I think this kind of promotes toxic masculinity saying that only women are emotional. Yeah, I agree. And I'm the same way. Like I'll be in bed just watching TikToks or like Instagram videos and I'll just randomly start crying. And my husband, Jared, (laughs) Jared will be like, oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, this dog like lost his balloon. And he's like, oh, (laughs) yeah, it's so funny. But um, yeah, a lot of times too, like when people say women are more emotional, that's not true. Like men, Many men are emotional, but they don't feel like they can express that. Yes. They have to suppress their emotions. So just because men aren't able to express their emotions or don't feel like they can, that doesn't mean they're not emotional. Mm -hmm. They just don't show it. 
Yeah, I think so too. And I really like what you said about like, that doesn't mean that men aren't emotional. It just means that they don't feel that they can show it because it's not as accepted in society because you have to be this tough macho man. Like, no, you are human and you should show emotion. And I think that's where like a lot of mental health issues can come into play too. Mm -hmm. If you're not letting those emotions out and dealing with them in a healthy way and you just bottle them up, it's not healthy. It's not good. Everyone has emotions and you need to feel comfortable showing that. Yeah. Do you know something that's interesting too? In so many things I've learned since being married in Japanese culture, especially it's looked down upon for men to even shed a tear or to show any type of emotion. And so um, Jared's told me that there's been times in his childhood that he's been told by his parents, this isn't like a smack at his parents or my in-laws or anything. That's just the way Mm -hmm. he was raised. But there were a few times that he remembers being told, like, don't cry, you're a boy. And so, I mean, like to this day, like he sometimes has issues expressing his emotions because of that. And I know it's not just him. I know many men feel that way. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. That's how it is for a lot of men. And I think our generation has done a really good job at trying to be more open about that. But Mm -hmm. it's hard when it's like a centuries, you know, old. Yeah. Yeah. It dates back centuries and years. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay. Another stereotype, which I do not fit, is that women are good cooks. And that kind of goes with like the- (laughs) I don't fit that either. (laughs) Yeah. I I really don't. That goes with like the housekeeping and childcare thing, I think. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's much else to say about that, but there's like a lot of like women will clean the house, uh, care for the kids, cook all the meals. I can't cook. So whoever I marry, good luck. Cause you're on your own. <laughs> Gosh, I, I could talk for hours on this because I'm the same way. I, I can cook. I can follow a recipe, but I don't like to Jared. In mm-hmm. fact, does most of the cooking. I really don't like to, but <laughs> I feel bad for the housewives in the fifties who hated cooking, but had to put a smile on their face. (laughs) Yeah. That just sounds awful to me. Yeah. No, thank you. Did you hear that LinkedIn also added stay at home mom as a job title? I did. I was really proud of them for that because it is a job. It's more than a full-time job. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool of LinkedIn. I, yeah, I really like that. We applaud LinkedIn for being inclusive. So another stereotype that we want to talk about is that men are in charge of the finances. What do you think about that? (laughs) I have a little funny story about this. Um, I was kind of playing into the stereotype at the beginning of tax season because (laughs) this was in like January when I found out that I was going to have to file my own taxes. And at first I was like, what is that? Like, I don't even know how to do that. And um, I just, I was not aware that I had to file taxes on my own. And so I put in my dating profile, I need someone who can do my taxes for me. And I had a bunch of people reply to that and offer to do it. And then I realized I was like, wait a second, I'm an independent woman. I can figure this out. It's actually really not that hard. You just are putting in information and I did it on my own and it was great. And I got that tax return. I got that stimmy, you know, now that was all good. 
But I was playing into that, like, oh, I need a man to help me do this because I don't know how to do it. And I'm very ashamed of myself for that. But I'm glad that I was able to bounce back and do it on my own and realize that I was playing into that stereotype because it's not true. Like men are not in charge of the finances. I think it's a 50-50 thing. And again, I'm not married, but like right now it's just me in charge of my finances because I'm single. So I think that's always how it will be. And I think me learning how to do all that stuff right now so that I can be financially independent and I know how to deal with my money is going to be really important whenever I do get into a relationship because it needs to be a 50, 50 thing. Yeah, I agree. I have a couple other points I want to bring up about it. A lot of couples, the men are in charge of their finances. And to me, like, that's fine. If that's a choice that you make together, my issue with it is when there's secrecy and when the man is literally the only one in charge of the finances. There's no complacency with how much um, income is being made, the expenses, the charges that are, that are the charges on the card, that kind of thing. So a lot of people, it works for them to just have the man in charge because either maybe the woman doesn't want to, doesn't have time, isn't interested, you know, but it starts to become, I mean, there's a risk for financial abuse when there's no communication about the finances, you know, that's where it starts to get a little murky for me. Like Jared and I have a joint, we have joint accounts for everything. And I feel like we're pretty 50, 50. Like we will tell each other like, Hey, I bought this the other day or like, Hey, I'm going to go to the store and buy this. Or we did our taxes together. I will admit, (laughs) I kind of just let him do it. And I sat there (laughs) because I I didn't want to it wasn't for any other reason besides I just didn't want to but at least you sat there yeah oh yeah moral support yeah but yeah if it works for you for your husband or your boyfriend or your partner to be in charge of the finances then go for it but I do recommend that you at least have complete transparency with um, the charges with taxes all of that kind of thing because I feel like that's important for both people in a relationship to know exactly what's going on. Okay. Yeah. I think that's super interesting. I think that's a really good um, point. And I think it's a good way to separate that. Just make sure that it's, it's equal if that's what you want to do. All right. Another one that we wanted to touch on was, and this is kind of more from early age, I think is that, um, boys are more encouraged to do sports and to be athletic than instead of being creative, like through art or music or theater. Um, I mean, think about it, like in high school, Friday night lights, the football games. And Mm -hmm. there's like so much, especially at the school we went to, because it's like football is such a big thing. Like there's so much built up around like the masculinity with football and just being all manly. But is there that much attention for theater or the choir concerts? There really isn't. I feel like our high school actually did a pretty good job of promoting the arts, music, theater, Mm -hmm. and encouraging boys to to participate as well. Mm -hmm. But it has and is and probably will be for a very long time. It will be more focused on sports and football. Mm -hmm. and being a a big guy and 
a lot of boys and men when they get into theater they're ridiculed and accused of being gay you don't have to be gay just just because you're in theater I don't understand how that came to be like there's plenty of men that just like to express themselves through music and Mm -hmm. art and acting yeah for sure and it really is a good way to let your like to be have a creative outlet and like women are not looked down for that so like why does it have to be a gendered thing it's just something that you like doing if you want to sing or you want to play the violin or um be in a play or a musical or you know do art club whatever that it's not a gendered thing it's just a thing that anybody can do and I think it that a gender is put on it for what is more accepted it really is um okay this last one it's gonna bring us to this study that is really interesting and that is girls like pink boys like blue (laughs) the epitome of gender stereotypes (laughs) (laughs) yes so there was this studies this study done by forbes um and it is about the pink versus blue phenomenon and how it drives gender inequality. Um, And this is a really interesting fact that they had at the beginning of the article. And it was just talking about how blue was originally the color for girls, like used to represent girls. Yeah, and it's super interesting, the reasoning why, because blue was used to identify girls because it was seen as more dainty, while pink, was associated with boys because it's a stronger color and it's more out there. Um, And then that changed in the 1950s when some advertisements and some big companies were campaigning and pushed pink as a feminine color that was exclusively for girls. And we see that like everything, I mean, for gender reveals and I'm, I'm totally for gender reveals. I, I love the same. I live. I think they're so cute. They're so fun. Um, But I mean, it's, pink for the girls, blue for the boys. And I'm not saying that that should change because that's a fun little way to announce the gender of your baby. Yeah. Um, But I'm like, it is just very prevalent that like, we all know that pink is associated with girls, blue is associated with boys. We we all know that. And I actually, I don't know if that's just because I'm so used to the pink and blue boys and girls thing, but I feel like pink is actually more dainty. Again, maybe that's just Me too. to believe that, but that's so interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's really interesting. That's some history. And this is all um, on Forbes on their article. Um, so they basically were just talking about how men, like the stereotypes between men and women, and they did this study and they asked a bunch of questions to men and women. And one of the questions that they asked was who is better suited to launch a high stakes project? or lead a massive organizational change. And the majority of people said a man, like it was like right off the bat, like a man. And then they asked who is best suited to plan events for fellow coworkers. And the majority of people said a woman is best suited. So 85% of women and 70% of men agree. So that's not even saying like men are stereotyping us and saying that we're best suited to plan events. Like 85% of women agreed with that. Yeah, it's not just men. No, it's not. Everyone is contributing to the stereotype. Um, 
so the one about how women would be best suited to plan events, this made me think of something from The Office. I don't know how many of you guys watch The Office. We love The Office. We love The Office. (laughs) Yes. And one of the things that is super prevalent that always comes up is the party planning committee. And the party planning committee consisted of the women in the office, not all of them, but like the main ones. And it was this honor to be in the party planning committee. And it was always causing so much drama, but it was the women and they would always plan the events. And then one of the accountants, Oscar, he came out as gay. And after that, like there was this whole thing about how he wasn't accepted and they, whatever. Then Michael came back and was trying to show his support to Oscar um, when Oscar came out and he invited Oscar to be in the party planning committee. And Oscar is like, you want me to be in the group with all the women? <laughs> he says and exactly that. Michael, Michael doesn't see what's wrong with that. And I think this is kind of a good example of how another stereotype of how if you are gay or lesbian or, you know, if you identify as a different gender, you you are labeled as something different. So like Oscar, because he was gay, was labeled as less masculine. Therefore, he was put into the group with the women because he came out as gay. Correct me if I'm wrong, too, but I believe that Andy kept asking to be part of the committee, but he was denied every time. And Andy's a straight guy. I I I think think that's how it went. I think you're right. I really do. Um, And that's just another example. Like Andy is straight, a straight man, and he couldn't be in the party planning committee because men can't plan parties. Only women can do that. That was the stereotype. And of course, this isn't to get all political, like about the office. I love the office. It's so funny, but it's just demonstrating how we all like think the office is funny, but like in the media and in like, just in our culture, stereotypes are just so, they're everywhere. Um, that was a really good example <laughs> that connected. Thank the you. I, I really thought about, like, I was like reading this study and then it, when it said the majority of people would say women are best suited to plan events. I was like the office, that's what happened. That's why they're all women in the party planning committee. So that's super interesting. Um, and I think that just goes to show that when we define people by their gender, it limits so many people from feeling like they have the freedom to express who they really are. And that's not okay. Like we're missing out on so much in our society because we're limiting people from feeling how they truly feel and being who they truly are just because they're a man or they're a woman. So they can't act that way or they can't feel that way. And I think it's just, it's detrimental to our society because we're limiting so many people. We are. And like you mentioned before, I feel like our generation and even the one before us, we've been working really hard to try and create a safer society for people to express themselves, be comfortable with being who they really are. And I hope that it continues to push that way because I can't imagine living even in like the 90s like very recently like I can't imagine living in a more limited society than what it is today and feeling forced to confine to these gender stereotypes even more than now 
you know, that's just right. crazy to me. Right. And I think you're right. We have been a lot better in our generation about encouraging people to be who they really are, but it is hard because there's just like traditions and there's just like the way like societal norms and breaking those societal norms is hard, but it's worth it. And we all need to work to break these gender stereotypes because it's not doing us any good. And that's just a fact. So to close out this episode, we just want to touch on how we can stop promoting and using these gender stereotypes. And it takes a lot of work, you know, we're surrounded by it, but just educating ourselves and educating our friends and our family and people that we associate with on gender stereotypes. Cause like you, you mentioned before, sometimes we don't even realize they're there because they're just so prevalent. So educating ourselves, supporting each other and encouraging each other to be ourselves and accepting, not judging each other for who we really are. Right. And then I think it's also important to speak out when you do see something that is promoting gender bias and gender inequality, just speak out about it. You can say something. And I I just really think that if you believe something or you see something happening and you don't agree with it, speak out about it. Use your voice Mm -hmm. because it is powerful and your voice is a lot more powerful than you think and you can create positive change. So I think that's the most important thing out of everything. If you see something, then say something about it if you don't agree with it. So our sources for this episode, I already mentioned the ones for Malala's story. Um, I just used her website and a CNN article. And then we also used Forbes um, when Haley referenced that Forbes study and genderequalitylaw.org. So we'll link all these. Um, We'll try and figure out how to do it in the show notes, Um, but I'll also link them in um, our next Instagram post about this most recent episode. Okay, so that wraps up episode four about gender stereotypes. As always, if you ever have any questions or you have something that you want us to discuss on the episode, DM us on Instagram. Our account is at Real Talk About Feminism. And go give us a follow because we do post updates about the podcast and we post a lot of little reminders and that we'll post about the feminist highlights. And so it's just a really great resource to um, for us to share all that information. So go yeah, give us we're a follow. trying to make it just a positive place. So if you need a little pick me up, you can go on our page and look for some little quotes or some cute graphics. And yeah, yeah. So just go follow that account at Real Talk About Feminism. And then as always, reach out to us if you guys need anything. And we will see you guys next week. We'll see you next week with episode five.